not an option. I prefer to lose. I sometimes secretly hope that my companies go out of business to zero. I lose everything. All of you write things on social media that I actually suck, that was full of shit, and then in the dirt with a fucking the pain, I'm gonna rise like a fucking phoenix and kill all you motherfuckers. About my mother, mother, straight to the gutter. You can trap, you can die. One of the motherfucking others. Yeah, I sold dope to both of my uncles. Should be ashamed. And my cousin needs she went in my room and stole my chains. One day I have a photo Bentley. I need some leg room. right now I'm stuck in this trailer with two bedrooms. My cousin Jojo gave me a pack. He tried to slay me. My nigga Silk showed me the game. He tried to save me. What you know about the first and the third? My anniversary. So many foreign debaters, we need a nursery My nigga Roe taught me to whip it, I'm trying to learn something Never been with taking and shit, I'm trying to earn something Young King pin on Madden, just ask Floss 30 days I've been up a month with no coffee Thank God I got my receipts, I paid the price Nightmares starting the prosecutor, they gave me life Yeah, Put that on my sister, my mama, way that Madonna You were listening to an entrepreneur and Dolce Gabbana Self-made's my understanding, let's get it understood Left the hood and came back with a feast, they call me Robin Hood Swear to God I didn't even cry, hey when my granny died Boy you better get up and get it started, my granny's out All you niggas thinking this season, go ahead and try it yeah. You gon' need you some theme music, you hear my violin Streets were dead, I dropped my first album, I gave them life Motivation, then I dropped inspiration, I done it twice Sold a few Quarters and plastic, I gave him class Even served a few on the tape, that closed cast That street nigga touching the millions, buying them buildings Niggas selling water, tequila, might touch them billions America, they label us dealers, that's the allure But the hood, yeah, they label us heroes, entrepreneurs Yo, yo, you know I had to start it off with the play The Modern Patron State of Black American Hustlers uh, the Black Hustle has always been about creating a space where there is none prior. It is our ingenuity that sparked the American economic fire, because oftentimes the tool of wealth in this country is always stacked against a disenfranchised. So because of this, Black Americans have had to create new avenues of income to reach the American dream of wealth and prosperity. Did you know Black people created a lotto system? It's true. In the early 1920s, Casper Holston, a Black man from Danish West Indies, who worked as a porter for the Fifth Avenue store, liked to study the clearinghouse totals, published in the year's worth of newspapers he had saved. The clearinghouse was an operation that managed to exchange money among New York City banks on a daily basis. It occurred to Holston that the numbers printed were different every day. Until then, lottery games existed, but not in the fashion where everybody was winning the numbers. So he created a system where the winning numbers, chosen in unreliable ways, could be produce a rigged result. Now, and according to the book called Playing the Numbers, Holstein came up with an ingen- ingenious solution using clearinghouse totals to produce a random combination between 00 and 999. He came up with daily three-digit winning numbers for a new kind of lotto game, and his invention became, became called the numbers. So when you hear black folks talk about, you know, my granny used to run numbers, that's where it came from. It was an immediate hit, and it quickly, quickly created a sprawling underground economy that moved throughout Harlem and black communities across the U.S. And for 60 years, the game reigned supreme in all the preeminent, uh, you know, urban policies, New York, Chicago, uh, L.A., and all throughout the country. 
It wasn't until like 1980 when the state decided it won in. But in 1971, the Times reported that an estimated 60% of the area's economic life depended on the cash flow from numbers in different communities, which employed, an, on the average, 100,000 workers across, especially in New York, five boroughs. Numbersmen also took out many, uh, filled out many voids that were not uh, available in the economy. You know, it actually helped produce uh, corner gro- grocery stores. It saved many businesses from bankruptcy. And these bankers helped uh, people get out the vote. And it actually increased the black civil rights movement and contributed to black political candidate campaigns. Numbers money provided a foundation from which the stellar careers could be launched in everything from athletics to public service and entertainment. Colin Powell's father, rest in peace, um, bought bought their first family home because he won the proceeds from he got proceeds from hitting the numbers. Harry Belafonte's uncle Lenny ran numbers in a racket and was an example of success for a singer. Lena Horne's father, Teddy, was a numbers operator, and Stephanie St. Clair, known as the Madam Queen, was one of the only women to run a successful numbers game in Harlem. The 1920s and 30s became this boon for numbers and economic prosperity within black communities. And with that, different avenues of black income was spawned. Now, obviously, it wasn't too long, it wasn't too long after that that states said, I want, I want in on this, and it became outlawed, and we wanted to commoditize this venture, turning it into this state lotto, which we know today. I say all that because it shows that the ingenuity behind black Americans is our ability to figure out ways to generate income in unconventional ways and not just for themselves, but for the entire community. And when a black person comes up with a way that they can actually earn income, it not only helps themselves, but helps their family and it helps people around them. We have this beautiful way of taking just the most crazy things and it's making it into most a beautiful, the most beautiful thing. It's from our food to our culture. Now, we have to do that, right? Because the f- traditional ways of actually earning income is not really available to us. Now, I know people like to say, you know, talk about the stock market and all that, but when the wealthiest 10% of Americans own a record 89% of the stocks, and you see that the disparity between black Americans actually owning stocks and actually making income, is that really a game for us to play in order to earn income? One of the best ways we hear it is actually, okay, I- I'm going to get into a real estate game. But there's other ways, too, to earn income, and we're going to get into that. And I will tell you that for myself, I grew up as an entrepreneur. Uh, my grandfather came from the West Indies. Um, he didn't run numbers. I don't know. He Maybe he did, you know. But um, he opened up his own grocery store in New York, in Brooklyn. And then he also opened up a uh, dry cleaners. And then he, from that, he parlayed that into owning different parts of real estate. And he gave our family a financial, um, a financial stability that he actually was a millionaire. That's really incredible because someone with no formalized education and no history in the country was able to create wealth, not by the traditional ways of like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to retire and get a 401k. He knew that he had to do something different in order to break generational, um, generational income uh, disparity. So we're going to get into that. But before we do that, welcome to the Uncultured Bias Podcast. I'm your host, Kamara Williams. Uh, we say that on our show that culture is a matter of perspective and opinion. And after all, culture is another way to stay discovered. We are on culture. We are biased. We are black. Now, I want to remind everybody that um, this is season one. And we're going to be, uh, you know, windling down a little bit and taking a break, taking a winter break because Lord knows I need it. Um, you know, so, you know, from November through January, uh, we're just going to be doing a little hiatus. However, I do say that with the caveat that I can come back in um, in between time, meantime, if there's a subject that deserves my 
uh, immediate focus, whether it's like an album from Kendrick or whatnot. But, you know, we say all that to say um, you are going to take a break. Now, if you're tuning in, uh, please continue to share the podcast. If you're tuning on Apple, uh, rate the episode a five star rating leave a, and also leave a message. That's how they um, actually grade the algorithms. If you're listening to both Apple and Spotify, share it with your friends. Um, obviously, you can check it out on KamaraWilliams.com. I want to give a shout out to our weekly sponsors at MyComesTaxAdvisors.com. Uh, if you're inter- interested in starting an L- know the difference between LLC and S Corp or understand the different t- tax consequences, contact MyCompassTaxAdvisors.com. You can reach them at 850-273-7193. They are tax attorneys. Um, if you're in a business looking for a um, uh, if you're in a business looking for a tax attorney, they are a great uh, option. I use them when I need to figure out some things for our business taxes along with my accountant. All right. If you're in the market for real estate in Central Florida, contact KeystoneGlobalRealEstate.com at 407-680-8510. And of course, if you're in the market for reals or probate or guardianship, you can contact our uh, law firm at Smith Williams Trial Group at 888-798-4529 or C. Williams at SWTG Law. All right. Thank you, beautiful people, for bearing with me on that opening. And I actually want to bring in some people who are going to talk about the black entrepreneurship in the untraditional ways and talk about their story a little bit. So I'm first going to start off with uh, my man, Jermaine. What's up, Jay? What's going on, brother? Yeah, man. I've been trying to get you on here for a while. I know. I've been wanting to be on here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got you, man. So, you know, Jermaine, he's actually the owner of Safe Tax, uh, and they, they actually have lo- locations not only in Central Florida, but in different states. What yeah. states are you located? Um, Southeast. So... Florida, Georgia, South Carolina mainly. Dope, man. And I would tell you, man, I've, I've seen Jermaine start his business from this one location. Um, I've had the pleasure of just being his attorney and seeing it grow. And I'm just like, I'm I'm amazed everything and I'm proud of you. And thank so, you, you know, it's dope, bro. So um, thank you for coming on this podcast. And I also got my girl Brandy hey, Felton hey. Uh, from the Makeup Bar and B Cosmetics. I've been trying to get Brandy on for a while, too. You know, I'm here. She's super busy. <laughs> You know, how you doing? I'm great. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope, man. So. All right. So I always ask, like to ask the guests, like I try to do untraditional opening. Like what do you guys think of the opening? What you guys pull from that a little bit? Oh, cool, man. I mean, really insightful. I had no idea. You know, it was a cool fact, you know, that a black guy started the whole lottery thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that it isn't black owned now. But, <laughs> um, you know, that was that was really cool. You know, I got a new wrinkle in my brain. Yeah, you know, black people always like I gotta go play my numbers. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, where did that come from? Right, and, and, and it also brings me back to the movie. I mean, not the movie. What's that series? Um, Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like King of. Yeah. What is it, yeah, King yeah, that of was his thing. He, he yeah. ran the numbers in, yeah. in Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of puts that in perspective right. as well, too. So that was that's pretty dope. And it's actually interesting because like that's really um, why the mob wanted to get involved within it because they saw such a great moneymaker within the black community and they wanted to infiltrate that. So before the States infiltrated it, it was the mob, which is, I guess there's actually a, you know, you can call that um, consistency that, there's always a white man trying to <laughs> infiltrate with a his, business, and we just have hand in your pocket, put your hand right. in your pocket, and bu- bully his way <laughs> into the yeah, bully his way into your um into your income, you know. And so, and it's crazy to me because you know I I say I said that because um I start off with Jeezy because I know we like to talk about uh, we or we like to disparage like uh, drug dealers, and I understand why, but there is something to be said about why young black Americans get into a certain um, particular industry 
uh, because they feel like that's their best way mm-hmm. to get, you know, income. But the fascinating thing about just America in general is that uh, the, those who actually start off really wealthy in this country and, it, you know, the, the families, the big, you know, um, they didn't do that with their hands clean. You know what I mean? They had, they got it, they got it out the mud, but sometimes, it, you know, it wasn't just the mud. It was really right. like, you know, in the right. down, down in the muck. Right. And right. so like they did this and then they were able to parlay that into generational wealth with their kids right. did something else. Right. right. And right. that is the unspoken rule within, you know, America that, you know, they tell you that I got to, you got to do a certain way in order to make money, but it's like, that ain't how they got That's it. Right. Not, right. I mean, man, I mean, the whole country was built on, crime basically I mean, right. yeah <laughs> slaves right theft and right deception yeah. and all of these things right you know and um yeah so it's like how can you tell me to not get involved in that when that's not only how you got started you're still doing it it's the fabric of, <laughs> it's like literally the american way it's like the fabric yeah. of the american way right right when i go to miami and i'm riding down the street and i'm looking at all of these condos and i'm thinking man a lot of cocaine was sold yep. down here to a whole lot of build it. this stuff man these yeah construction companies were funded with <laughs> Drug money, and, thousand percent, and, and now this is one of the most wonderful places on earth to be. Thousand yeah. percent, you know, thousand percent, <laughs> right? You know, banks actually got into um, investing in condos in South Florida because they were able to uh, money launder. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's like the ugly, the ugly unspoken truth yeah. about our economy that a lot of it is built off of this crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's why they don't really care about like really ending crime. They just want to right. manage it. Right. Manage right. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't bring, bring y'all in to talk about crime, <laughs> right? you know, cause y'all are very legitimate. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, y'all are legitimate as, business as we people. Like, yeah. Where's this conversation going? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> y'all are legitimate business people. And y'all ain't, y'all yes. ain't know nothing about that. Exactly. Right. You know? right. That's not up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just talking. One thing I cheated on was video games and tests. Okay. <laughs> School. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Same, right? right. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with, since I started off with uh, Jermaine, I'm going to first start off with Brandy. Tell me a little bit about like the makeup bar, Beef Cosmetics, and tell me your story. And then we'll parlay that into like Jermaine. You can, you know, follow that up. Okay, cool. Um, I officially have been in business this year, 10 years, 11 years, actually. Ooh. Oh, wow. It's been, a, it's been a long time. It's been a, a great journey. Um, I literally started my my. Original goal was to start my own line of products. Mm. And so somehow I started doing makeup for people. I was selling Mary Kay products. And at the age of 19, it was not really working out. It was a little side hustle, but it was not made for us. And so I started selling my own products. When you say us, you mean like black people? Black people. people. Yeah. And young black people is what, you know, who I was servicing. Mm. And they just weren't really, you know, loving the product. So I, I literally took $50 and started my own line of products. And I opened the shop. I had like a, a table and two um like bar stools and I started selling the product. And then before I know it, people started coming in asking me if I would do their makeup or show them how to use the product. Mm -hmm. And so then it seems like it just took off from there. I went from having no clients to now people are texting me because I'm two and three months out booked. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of just booked and busy, real blessed. Okay. (laughs) But it, it literally, it literally went from, um, like zero to 100. It seems like that to me, but it has been 10 years that I was just like in the mud, like really getting it. And then when um, 
you know, when, when COVID happened, I had to close down and I made the decision that I always knew I wanted to retire from doing makeup because that was never my dream. Uh, my dream was always skincare and to have a product to sell so that when I'm not at work, yeah, I'm still, still making money. Yeah. And so I took that time and I took the money that I had and I launched the skincare line and I also launched the spa and made you know made sure I had all my licensing and stuff mm-hmm. together and started doing skincare. But my goal was always to make it so that nobody could ever fire me. You can't fire me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can fire you. Right. But right. you can't fire me. Nobody can ever give me my pink slip and say, you know, we no longer need you. Right. And so I kind of just hit the ground running and I've just been very consistent in it and it has worked in my favor. That's dope. You know, yeah. what I love about that story too is that you saw I always you know, there's a theme I always try to talk about. And just in general, but when you see a need, you feel a need. Mm-hmm. And I loved how you said, like, I was doing Mary Kay products. And not only were they weren't servicing black people, but they weren't serving young young black people. Because mm-hmm. when I think about Mary Kay, you know, my mom used to do Mary Kay products mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, They're better I, now. I mean, I, think I don't. old white ladies. Yeah, but I, was exactly, think, I think of old white exactly ladies, right? exactly what it was. Right. And I, I just don't, you know, you don't think of, like, young black women getting right. it, like, yeah. using it for makeup. And yeah. I think, you know, I, again, I'm... I don't know nothing about no makeup, but just off the very basic what I it know. It was not I, for us. <laughs> well, I'm just even thinking now, like, um, with Shanti, uh, Shant, not Shant, uh, uh, Rihanna's, mm-hmm. Rihanna's um, Fenty. Fenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I see how I blew oh, yeah. that. But uh, Fenty, um, her makeup line was is designed strictly for uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, it's it gets to different skin tones. Um, damn, somebody hit me up with something crazy, though, like about, like, how... In makeup, and you could probably tell me this is right or wrong, but I think there are X not, let's say this arbitrary number, let's say there's 30 types of different black and brown, right? Mm-hmm. And there are only like five types of like white or something like that, right? Yeah. And yet they still market heavily, 90% of the industry is on that particular, that five number of five color aspects but they don't ever talk about the other 30 so shades of and black that is right. that is where we have to focus and that has always been a struggle like we usually in there mixing colors because yeah. we didn't have all of those different shades there's there was no one it was it was not a, a focus for us we didn't care yeah, yeah. I, I remember like being a kid and my mom would send me up to Dillard's to mm-hmm. grab some Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She was wearing the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and that was how I found out yeah. about makeup, you uh-huh. know, having to run up there and grab that for her. So yeah. I'm starting to learn about the different types of yeah. brands and contours and this and mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It was always, um, it, well, I can't, I can't even say that it was always a dream of mine because that's not the direct direction that I was going with my life. That's how I know. I feel like it's something that God definitely um, gave to me. And at the time when I um, when I opened the shop, there was nobody who had a shop where you just go get makeup done. Not that looked like us. Mm-hmm. It was like if somebody was doing makeup, they were doing it in a barbershop or they were doing it at their house. So I kind of really stepped out there yeah. and, you know, made it happen. It was something new, like. I, I I probably had one person that believed in me at the time. Yeah. That was my mother. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. And she she wrote it out with me. It was yeah. like I was married at the time and he was like, You wanna do what? Yeah. Like you wanna do makeup all day? Oh God. He don't even know. Right. it now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, look, look at all the billionaires. <laughs> yeah. Look at all the billionaires created from I mean is it, I mean, Rihanna? Rihanna, yeah. yeah, but she didn't most she, of her money is coming from cosmetics. Oh yeah. I would say like eighty percent of it. Yeah. Kylie. 
Yes. Most, yeah. of, most of her That is where is most of the money is coming from. Yeah. Cosmetics. Yeah. And the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's literally made how real estate uh, made millionaires of black Americans. I see that the beauty industry, uh, multi, multi billion. I think I wouldn't say it's close to trillion dollar, but multi, multi billion dollar industry. Um, has created millionaire upon millionaires, and you see it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his, what's his name's um, girl? Um, B. Simone. Nah, to somebody else. She's another though. She is another yeah. one. No, I'm talking yeah, about um, from yeah. What's his name? Uh, Gucci's Gucci's girl. Oh yeah. Um, oh, Keisha Kaur. Keisha Kaur. Yeah. So I didn't even know. But if you have the influence behind you. So here's what I didn't know about Keisha Kaur. Right. So like you know Gucci, you know he went to jail or whatnot, and he, he said, gave her that money. Gave her that money. But here's what he said though. <laughs> He said on an interview, he was like, he was like, damn, you just gave her like a million dollars. You didn't think she gonna blow oh, it? Yeah, he gave her like four million dollars. So, he knew what kind of woman he had. But he said, but he said like he was like he was like, yo, like she's not normal woman. She's already like mm-hmm. making money. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't going like I'm not giving four million or you know to, to just he somebody. Knew she was gonna flip that money. She gonna, he yeah. gonna flip because I already know who I'm dealing with. Exactly. Like she got, she already bought. She can't basically he said. She came into this thing with, with her own money. Exactly. You know what I mean? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I gave her four million because I knew what she was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. But she she wasn't just somebody off the street that didn't right. know what you know didn't have her own own yeah. thing going on. So she had. I didn't even know that she was a millionaire off of like that alone. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So waist shapers and all yeah. That she type of she stuff. is a whole brand, and that is yep, the goal. The lipstick. <laughs> yes. The lipstick. The, that the bright, is vibrant color lipstick. Oh yeah. She really. She like, came. She did that. that out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did that. She she helped us out a lot. When it comes to that. Really? Now, uh, now, what I have to say is that um, the downside of that is you have smaller brands that have the same product yeah. or quality. But unfortunately, you know, our people, we're going to go for the celebrity brand. You can yeah. literally look at the B. Michelle cosmetic lipstick yeah. and you know, it's the same exact one that Keisha Kaur has. And our people, we don't we won't. We won't try this one over here. We're going to order from her first. Because she, got the, Cause she sele- got the name. The name. Yeah. And it may not even be the quality, mm-hmm. the same quality, right? You know right. what I mean? So, like, yeah, I mean, no shade. That, that's business, though. Yeah, that's and business, I get though. it. That's, that's why that's I say if you, if you have the brand behind you, then, you know, you're good to go. Mm. We can get into that because I want to ask you about get into, like, the... I know it sounds crazy on this podcast, but get into the makeup business because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. But, Jermaine, I want you to tell your story a little bit um, we talked a while, a long time ago about your story and I thought, thought it was so fascinating about, yeah, I feel um, like I've told this story so many times. I know, but you know, just <laughs> to, tell it to, to the, it's like, <laughs> you can tell, no, it. I don't mind. I'm gonna tell it. Tell it again. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna tell it. <laughs> yeah. Um, man. So, wow. Um, I never thought I would be the tax guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to be when I, when I first was growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. Oh okay. Yes. Yeah. And I was voted. I, did I was voted most likely. And you got to be a y'all lawyer. got smart. Yeah. And I was dreamer and doer for saying I was going to be an attorney. Wow. You know. Yeah. And, and y'all um, wised up. <laughs> when I got to college, I realized how much I hated cool. reading and writing. Yes. Those papers. And you know, I have a lot of sense. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this does this not align. You know, if I hate doing the fundamentals. Then there's no way I'm gonna be able to be successful in this, in, in this industry. I'm not. I might not even make it out of school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I derailed. But then I wanted to make music, you know. And um, I did that. How long? Know, um, I did that for a few years, man. I, I had some deals on the table. I've been on MTV, BET, big shows, performed with Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, Soldier Boy, Boosie. I mean, anybody you could think about. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ever been hot. You know, in in the two thousands, early two thousands to mid two thousands, like you know, I was on stage with him doing things, you know. But um, 
for one reason or another, it, that didn't materialize. I, I came back home from college. I started promoting parties, working at Sprint. And back then, Sprint, the call center, that was like the place where everybody was making money. You know, everybody knew someone that was working at that call center mm-hmm. over there in Maitland mm-hmm. yeah. at Sprint. Mm-hmm. And we were making good money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're young. we early oh, 20s. Young. Yeah. And you're making 50, 60, 70 grand, yeah. 80 grand. It's like, okay, that's great money for somebody that age, mm-hmm. especially in that time where that money went a lot farther. And um, I remember one day I was supposed, I was up for my review, right, to get a raise. And uh, my boss, I had the black boss, you know. Um, he was a Jamaican guy. And um, I felt like there was my uncle or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would always look out for me, always, you know, stand up for me, keep me out of trouble. You know, and our, and our GM of the whole um, department was black as well, too. Right? And I really related to both of them. So I'm like, okay, when, 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 this, when this raise comes around, he's going to max yeah, he's gonna me out. He's going to give me a max contract. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So that didn't happen. And that really hurt me. It, it wasn't necessarily about the money. It was about, like, I got the black boss. I got the right. guy who's going to look out for me. Right. You know, and he, he, he when this opportunity came, he didn't. Yeah. And I couldn't make sense out of it. I thought about all the conversations we had, all the times we went to lunch, all the things that we did outside of our job. And I, I just couldn't make sense. I was like, man, they don't, they don't care about me. Mm. They don't care about me. Yeah. And at that moment, my heart turned and I had just started think of, and thinking of an escape plan. I need to get out of here. I got to go. You know, at that time, I was 30 years old, been working in this call center. It was the only job that I had on my resume since college. You know, it was five years here. And, um, and I'm just like, yo, if I'm going to do something, I have to start now. Because it's going to take me a couple of years to really, like, get going. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't want to be too old. I want to be able to do some things. He took me to lunch and I'm, I asked me, you know, you know, he seen I was I wasn't really motivated and stuff. You know, he was asking me what was going on and I told him. I asked him how much money he make. He said he'll make 160 grand a year, right? I'm like, okay, that's that's decent. That's real decent, right? How long you been with Sprint? 17 years. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I said I'm setting myself up to be him. <laughs> Every single day that I stay, yeah, I'm setting myself up to be him. I can't buy a Lambo with. 160 right yeah i can't get my mom a house with 160 i can't go to china and bring a couple of my homeboys with no luggage for three weeks with 160 that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know so then i started figuring out what else can i do right because i heard this story they would always tell us when we have these little morning meetings and stuff about you know the guy who drives a porsche to work and he works all day and by the time he gets home He's tired. He doesn't have any time for his family and his wife. He goes to sleep, and then in the morning he drives his Porsche to work. And it's like, wow, you need money and time. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started thinking, what can I do to get money and time? Hmm. Real estate, what can I do, you know? And um, I was promoting parties on the side. I always kept a side hustle, always. You know, I was promoting parties, and I saw these guys that used to come to the parties. They they started off begging to get in VIP, sneaking, trying to ride the the, the ball players' coattails and stuff to get in and get a bottle and stuff like that. And um, next thing I know, they start pulling up, pulling up in Benzes and and Aston Martins, and you know what I'm saying, Maseratis. And I'm like, yo, what are these dudes doing? Yeah, you know, they all wearing Gucci. I'm like, yo, they got to be drug dealers. This is yeah. what I'm thinking. They got to be drug dealers because right. I don't, I don't right. know. This is Orlando, right? You know, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Like, turns out they were doing taxes. Mm. Mm. So I bumped into one of them in the daytime in draft. 
My uncle Pat oh, Nix. So shout to, out to Draft. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's go my, back yeah. in the day. My uncle Pat Nix he used to own Draft. Yeah. Right? And um shout out to Pat Frontline Promotions. He's still doing his thing too. But, um, yeah. It bumped into one of them in the daytime. And I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get down. He's like, come on. So immediately he was like, yo, I got a training next week. It's for like three weeks. And um if you miss it, you can't do this. Mm. So I'm like, oh how am I gonna do this? So I literally abandoned my job. I didn't tell him I was leaving. Best decision you ever made. I never <laughs> called him. I just stopped going. Stop going, right? But so I can keep getting my little checks until they fire right, me. Right. Cash in my PTO, use my sick time, and just stop answering the phone until finally they fired me. I needed that last bit of money. Yeah. Then he tells me, Oh, you gotta go to Atlanta and run an office. I'm like, oh. Okay, all right, whatever. Because I'm looking at what mm-hmm. these guys are doing. I'm yeah. like, man, if whatever I can I be ten percent as successful as what they appear to be, keyword right. appear to be, mm. then I'm be all right. Yeah. Here I I'm getting ready to go to Atlanta. Um, I leave my apartment um with my homeboy. Yeah. You know, I left to go to Atlanta for one reason or another. Some miscommunication happened, he didn't pay his part of the rent. So I get an eviction. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? Forget it. When I come back with this money, I'll get that off of my credit. I'm not worried about that, right? right, right. But in Orlando, when you get an eviction, you can't stay nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't want to hear it. If it's on there, you're not getting an apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. So I knew what I was getting myself into, right? Yeah. I just didn't know what was about to happen. Fast forward a little bit of time. I leave the office, go down to Columbus, Georgia to hang out with my boy because he came with me too. He ran an office too. We were both at Sprint. I pulled him out. Right. And I went back to my office. The locks were changed. All the computers were gone. And there was a at the Atlanta office. Mm-hmm, there yeah. was a piece of paper on the window that had a phone number on it. I'm like, yo, this is this is not how this is going down. Mm. Right. Nobody's answering that number. Yeah. The guy's not answering his phone. The, the, the girl that he had up there to help us not answering her phone. This whole time I'm sleeping in a house with no furniture, yeah. no TV, no Internet, a mattress on the floor, three suitcases. That's it. Mm. You know, at this point, I have made no money. Repo man's looking for the car. Thank God I'm in Georgia. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And it's starting to sink in. Wow. I, if I go home now, not only am I broke and I have no job, I have no other work history outside of Sprint. Mm. So I know if they call on that, you know, call, if I put them on my resume and they call, they're going to blackball me. Mm. Right. Especially because of the way that I left. Mm -hmm. And I have this eviction. I have no place to stay. And my mom and dad told me, don't go do oh, this. You can't go back home. They said, don't you go chasing behind this little boy. This is not even real. And I'm just like, wow. I cried. I cried my ass off. I remember driving home, you know, not knowing where the hell I was going to go. Everything was stuffed in that little Mustang. I had a little V6 Mustang. Everything was in that Mustang. I got back home. I was staying with whoever would let me stay with him because I just couldn't go back home. In the meantime, I'm applying for jobs. I'm not getting nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And keep in mind, what I was one of the this? top performers. That was 2013. Okay. Wow. Right? Yeah. I'm getting no calls, no answers, no interviews. Nothing is happening. I'm bouncing couch to couch to couch to couch to couch. Everything I own was in that storage unit right over there on Americana OBT by La Palace, across wow. from that 7-Eleven. And I was going over there every day, going and checking and getting my stuff. And You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever. And... Yo, I just had a breakdown. I didn't know what to do with myself, man. I was depressed. I wanted to I wanted to do bad things. I had bad thoughts. 
You know what I'm saying? I had rotten thoughts. Being broke would do that. It'll yeah. put you in it'll put you in a space. But yeah. getting there like that. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm college educated. I'm one yeah. of the first guys from the neighborhood to really go Make to a it. big school right. and go through it. I'm yeah. coming this is what's happening to me. Yeah. You know, not to mention my, my daughter's mom ran off with her. Yeah. You know, that's a whole nother story. Six yeah. years passed, never saw my daughter again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was at the lowest point of my life, you know, and either it was gonna be mine or somebody else's, you know. Yeah. And um, I ended up getting a job somewhere um, in Lake Mary um, doing customer service, 15 bucks an hour, 14 bucks an hour, no commission. And I'm sitting in there just thinking, like, how, can I, how, can I, how do I get out of here? Because I knew. I ran that office. I hired everybody. I trained everybody. I did all the marketing. I was up 6 in the morning. I wasn't coming home at 11 at night. I just wanted to be successful. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this seven days a week for, for 100 days straight before he shut my office down. You know, and I said, if I can get an office, I can do this because I made him some money before he ran off with it. Right. Yeah. And I said, if that was my money, I'd be OK right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I'd be all right with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I started thinking, I got to figure out a way to do this. I saved up about 800 bucks. There's a hotel right behind the Florida Mall. It was right next to this rental center, right across from the Best Buy. I used to have a Dominican club in back in the day. And on the outside, they'll let you rent the units out for, like, business. On the inside, people actually live in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I rented one of the units, mm-hmm. right? 500 bucks. Came with lights and, and water and the internet. Okay, cool. I borrowed a couple bucks from my mom, my little brother, you know. Um, I stole two laptops from Best Buy. Is what it is, right? You know, got your limitation. Got <laughs> it's been a while now. Right? It's been a while now. Right. You know, I right. bought them and reported them, reported that thing, stole it on the car, got yeah. a new car, got that money back. Yeah. Took that money to IKEA, bought some tables, bought a printer yeah. from Walmart, started printing out flyers, cutting them up, and you know, passing them out at the bus station. I, mm-hmm. One of my friends, I, I seen one of my buddies that I knew in elementary school at the unemployment office because I'm always thinking about a backup plan. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to this unemployment office and I'm gonna get a try to get. Some something just in case this don't work mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and he came and he helped me i'm like look look man i can't pay you i don't have no money but you know if you, if, you, if you stay down with me when the money comes i'll hook you up right and if you find something before then leave me i understand I, right. I, I get it right we rocked out for a little while i probably made 26 grand that season total right mm-hmm. before expenses before everything right mm-hmm. you know what i did bought a okay. fake rolex uh, my homeboy who's a <laughs> millionaire now he at that time he was working at hugo boss he was getting ready to leave. I, I I ran his discount up, bought a bunch of suits, got them tailored, and I started telling everybody I made it. Okay. You know what I'm make saying? It he make it, What? <laughs> what? I rolled the miles back on that Mustang, sold that, took that money, went on Craigslist, found a little dude that was selling electronics. I don't know where, where he got them or how he got them, but he had iPhones and laptops. I bought them. I flipped those. I took that money. I bought a different car. I started telling people I'm doing it, doing it big. I was riding around the hood over there on Ivy Lane. I saw a crack house that was over there. It was abandoned for years. And, and, and I got that crack house. I rented that crack house. I cleaned it up, took the linoleum down. I mean, the wallpaper, all of that. Opened up a, a tax office in there. That season, I made maybe 80 grand. And then I doubled down, flipped that money. You know what I'm saying? Bought a real Rolex this time. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Messed the money up in between the tax seasons. So much so that I didn't even have the money to reopen. I had to borrow from my pastor. Shout out mm-hmm. to Pastor Dave, Kingdom Church. Mm-hmm. We started an investment group, and guess what the first investment was? My yeah, business. business. They yeah. didn't know I needed it, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I needed it. Yeah. Took that money, opened back up, made six figures that tax season, and I never looked back. 
And now we're at my in my affiliate network, I'm at twenty three offices now. Yeah. Amazing. You know what I'm saying? Hundreds of employees. And this thing has been a blessing. I got my daughter back and life yeah. is good, man. Amazing. All life is worth good. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Life yeah. is good. So I, I wanted everybody to hear that story, man, because mm-hmm. you know, we you've told that story to me. Yes. And, you know, just seeing the journey, man, it's been um that's why I said when I I I've seen you go from one office to you know, yeah. now you got operations managers calling me. Yes. You know, and um, <laughs> it's it's a dope thing, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. And bro. so it, it's 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 cool, and that's why I was like, you know, I've been t- I, just, I need yeah. you on that pod, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I need you on the pod. <laughs> and to and, tell and I help people now. So if you yeah. want to get into the tax business, you can join my program. I can help you start your office. I can coach you. I can mentor you. I can support you throughout the season. I can set up your bank, your back office. I can teach you everything you need to know. We can lock arms and stay together. You can call it safe tax. You could call it something else. It doesn't even matter. Right. You know, and, um, you know, the next phase now for me is to create courses and start selling those courses and marketing myself online. And that's why I've been really like doubling down on building my personal brand. So I got a little bit of followers now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know, all of them might not be real people. <laughs> but the numbers I mean, we there. I have time for your The bullshit. numbers are there. <laughs> all right, it looks matters. good. That's all that matters. It looks good. It looks good. That's My all that matters. My pictures look good. Yes, they, they do. do. That's what I'm saying. They do. The so, pictures, the pictures are popping. So next do. year, when you start seeing buy my course, exactly. buy my course. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I'm going, y'all. Exactly. That's where I'm going. You know, education is where it's at, <laughs> yes. and and that's what I tell people all the time. Like education never dies. Yeah. And so when I ventured into permanent makeup. That was a life changer for me. Like that mm-hmm. was a total game changer. And then when I started teaching permanent makeup, yeah, oh, that changed yeah. everything. That yes. never dies. Yes, like I just posted today. I was posting a, a promo for a class I'm doing in December, and I probably have 25 messages already. Mm. You're talking about at thirteen hundred dollars each. Mm-hmm. So it's commoditizing the idea of education. Yeah, I mean that's actually like mm-hmm. really one of the American way, right? Mm-hmm. But really, right now that's Creating all the young millionaires. Yeah. Mm. You go online and these guys selling this course for that or mm-hmm. teach you how to trade, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, teach you how to do stocks, teach yeah. you um, how to start a T-shirt business, yeah. teach you how to do a trucking business, yeah. mm-hmm. teach you how to, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. where it's at. I saw a guy who has a company where he teaches people how to start an event space. Mm. Right. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't even make this kind of money that taxes makes. Right. Mm-hmm. But, He's a multi-millionaire now. If he's doing doing an ebook and he's selling a a thousand of them, even at ten dollars, I'm like, he's doing nothing for it. Right? I can sell this information. This has literally made me a millionaire. I can sell this and teach people how to do what I did. A high profit, low barrier Mm -hmm. of entry business right now that's unregulated. Come on, yeah, man. Look, I'm about about to sign up, baby. Tax course is coming. (laughs) Stop playing with me. Yeah, listen. It makes money. Education is it where it's money. at. But I mean, I, I hope when people listening to this. Not only do they get excited and want to join your tax course or your makeup course, mm-hmm. right? Um, see, I need to come up with the course, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> right. You already right. told me how to start a podcast. Right. right. <laughs> you know. So I mean, I'm telling you. So you know, but I, I want people to when they're listening to these things and it, their their wheels start churning mm-hmm. a little bit and they're yes. like, damn, like. What can I do? What can I commoditize yes. about my own information? So you always have something, right, that yes. other people want to know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and then thinking outside the box and being bold, right, because a lot of times we're scared 
to do something outside of coloring outside the lines. Correct. Right. Correct. You know what I mean? We're scared like, oh, that. But that's not, where the success come at. I, I agree. Like, you got to jump out there and just do it. I tell people all the time, like, it's the girl that works in my shop. She wanted to resign from her job. I was like, do it. And she has resigned from her job, like, not to tell her business, but she has made, she makes her money every month more than what she was making on her job. Mm-hmm. Just that, just that simple. You was giving them people over forty hours a week, and mm-hmm. now you work three full days, and you're making more. Like, let's make it make sense. It makes sense. It does. Freedom it does. is what we're really, what it's, we really it's desire. Scary, though. It's scary. Yeah, it is. I'm not gonna lie. It is. It's, no, it's, making that jump. It's, it is. It's scary, man. Yeah. I, there was. It was horrifying for yeah. me. Yeah. It was horrifying. It was the scariest thing I ever done. Yeah. I remember getting up to Atlanta, driving up there, everything in that Mustang. First of all, I can't drive, okay? <laughs> like, if I drive over an hour, I'll fall asleep on the road. Mm. Like, for real. So I have to pull over and take naps and stuff to oh, get no. up there. Wow. And I remember pulling up to that house like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. And I cried, dude. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it. How am I going to so How am I gonna make it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, that's, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then to now, like, to have people who were not employees, right? People who came in as clients that yeah. turned into employees who now are homeowners yeah. and business owners off of this opportunity that Isn't that I the best created, feeling? That is the best that's feeling. That's where I get my yeah. gratification. That is, I now. said that in an interview. Someone now. asked me, they was like, you know, what, what, what do you, how do you measure success? I was like, honestly, it's because I've helped someone else and I, they're, they're able to take care of their family. Like, that is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I make good money, yeah. but at the end of the day, to see other women, you know, be financially free, Doing something they love to do, mm-hmm. it's you can't even explain it. it. You can't even explain it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I love that you, you basically what you're talking about is being a seed for the mm-hmm. community, and you lot you're watching your blessing, love it, for, yes. for, you know, bloom for other people. You know what I mean? So let's talk about like the other side because we talked about entrepreneurship, and I will tell you, like, you know, the sidebar, uh, a couple years ago. A firm, well, a pretty good firm, approached you know, my my partner and I about us coming in under. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we got to third base. You know, they still got to dinner, the wine and diners, want to talk to us and everything like that. And uh, finally, it just got to the brass tacks of it, you know, because we're doing a lot of foreplay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, what does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Like coming in under your, and, you know, he you know, he mapped out the numbers. That, well, you know, you know, you're going to make this type of money. And I said, well... Okay, well, how much money are you gonna make though, right? And right. then so, and then <laughs> then the real, I was like, okay, all right. So, I just want to break this down because I'm making already this b- book of business, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you that book of business, mm-hmm. and you're gonna work me, mm-hmm. and you're gonna give me a salary, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? It got a it's capped off too, right? And it's capped <laughs> off, right? And then once you decide to drop me. My clients have now become your clients. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's what's and I said, and in reality, I was like, I, I can make three times that in one year. Right. What you're offering me for one year salary. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, based off the the right client. But if I bring that client in, you're gonna make three times that, right. and you're gonna pay me. Not right. worth it. And I was like, I remember I sat down with my wife, and you know, we were just kind of. And I was like, I can't do it. And, and yeah. you know what? That's real, and it's tricky to have real opportunities to offer people to where they actually can see the benefit from it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and 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 I'll just and I'm gonna go ahead and 
toot my own horn right now because that's one thing that I did. I had a friend that was in the tax business, mm. right? And he had multiple locations. He had been doing this just as long as me. Yeah. He decided to bring his company in, you know, with mine, and it worked out great for him. And I remember handing him a check for six figures. You know what I'm saying? Mm. This had nothing to do with all the money that he made. This is a bonus, an extra that, that became a, a part of us, like, coming together. And that right there, that's when I knew, like, okay, full circle now. Mm. This is something that can benefit everybody. I don't have to make the most in order for me to be okay. Yeah. And, you know. Say that twice, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to make the most in order for mm-hmm. me to be okay. We don't even. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is. Yep. Come on, man. Yeah. Yep. He just said a word right there. Oh, People yeah. don't even understand. I don't. I ain't gotta be the boss. I ain't gotta be. I ain't gotta make the most out of everybody getting cake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know. What right. I mean? Yeah. Right. I was kind of in that situation. The when I first went into business, I had a full time job. This was my side hustle. Soon after that, I the company that I was managing was closing. I, that was the first of May. Um, I had just like got a divorce. I was on my own. And it was like, okay, I wasn't making much. It was just a little hustle. I was making nothing, really. Yeah, I was making just enough to pay the rent in the shop. And so I lost my job. And so I'm at a point where it's like, okay, do I go get a job or do I make this work? And so one of my cousins, she was a recruiter. She was like, I got a, a, a job for you. I'm going to send you on this job. She sends me to this um, office, go on this interview. The guy calls her back like 15 minutes later. And she, he's like, we need to see her back in the morning. And all night, I promised, like, I tossed and turned. She was like, girl, you need this. At the time, it was, like, $65,000, which was more than what I was making. Right. And at the time, I was, like, 27 or 28 years old. And so I'm like, okay, it's good money. All night long, I literally just, like, tossed and turned because I knew the next morning I had to call her and tell her I was not going on the interview. And I had to explain to her why I was not going on the interview because she was like, girl, you need the money. You got a child. You ain't never lived on your own. You got to take care of her. You got to do all of this stuff. And you want to play and make up all day. Cause I know that's what, you know, how they was thinking. You want to play and make up. But for me, it was so much more to it than playing in makeup. And so when I made my first six figures, mm-hmm. you know, it took a, it took a few years, yeah. but it was definitely rewarding because I stayed the course because mm-hmm. this is what I felt like I was supposed to be doing my life. Right. So y'all had to walk away from that 60 some thousand dollars. But where I am now is like it was all worth it. But it was very scary at yeah. the time to walk away from it because truth be told, I needed it. Yeah, I needed it. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a very scary place to be, especially yeah. when, you know, it. it the thing, and I'm, this is not disparaging jobs, because you know that I am going to get a certain amount mm-hmm. every month. And that stability provides a relaxation yeah. that you, and, and it, it's hard to be, you know, peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Stability is yeah. handicapping. But it stability is. can be ha- handicapping. I can talk about my own personal life. Like, when I have felt the most malaise in my life and my career is when I felt like, all right, well, we're just, we're just kind of like, I'm just kind of existing here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to, you have to do things. That are going to force you to grow and do other things, and you know that's just in relationships too. You can't just you start getting that thing where it's kind of like it's the same mundane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It creates it starts crippling you. I don't want that life. Listen, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> so like you know, so that's the the positive side about jumping out and being fearless. But let's flip that and let's talk about like the bad sides about entrepreneurship. Right, because we, you know, we the success stories. Y'all are walking success stories, and that's great. But like, what are some of the things that you know? Like, man, like this ain't this life ain't 
for everybody. Ain't this ain't. ain't. This is you know when people talk to me about being a lawyer, I'm like, all right, it's cool. You see, you know, I live in Windermere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it, it ain't all. It ain't all sugar and it's sweet. Not, yeah. I'll not. say this. I don't. I don't think there are any bad sides, right? Mm. For me, my perspective, right? Okay. No bad sides. There's nothing bad, you know, because there's always something to learn. There's always something to grow from. It's always a way to improve and to get better. So the bad things are usually opportunities for you to to grow, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I look at quote unquote bad things. So to me, there is nothing bad, but I will say, you know, unfavorable realities like when your friends and family don't support you, when you give your friends and family opportunities and they steal from you, you know, and sometimes when things don't go your way, but you have to take care of everybody still. Those employees got to be paid. That payroll got to be covered. The rent's got to be covered. And sometimes it don't leave a lot for you, right? And then you think, man, I put all these years and all this time and all this money into building this thing, and it's so big, but... After a smoke clears, it's so little left for me. That's and everybody actually, else is good. That's actually a real thing. You know, and you yeah. got to be able to stomach that. Yeah. You got to be able to look at that account, go down, 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 and not lose your mind and not start to think about ways you can undercut people in order to make sure that you're good. You got to let everybody else get get what they deserve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And those are some harsh realities because there's people that I loved that I don't talk to anymore, mm. you know? There, there's people that I really, really wish would have came with me that never came, you know. And then there's oppor- then there's situations to where I put myself last and I took care of everybody. And some of them people, when the opportunity came back, they didn't take care of me, mm. you know. And that right there, I would say, was probably I wouldn't need to say it's a bad thing because guess what. You obviously need to get rid of those people. You need to identify who those people are so you can make room for the right people to be in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it did. And I ended up eventually meeting and connecting with much better people and having much more healthy relationships, you know, professionally, personally, all of the above, you know, but going through that, man, that can take you, that could, that could throw you, take you for a loop, mm-hmm. man. I'm not going to lie. I lost a lot of sleep over situations like that, you know? Mm-hmm. You you definitely know how to see the the silver lining, and you mm-hmm. see the glass half full. I mm-hmm. think like that a lot, and um. So, kind of piggybacking off of what you, what you said, you kind of spoke more so on like the financial level, but on a physical level, it's exhausting. You know, physically for your physical mm-hmm. body, um. And for me, I feel like I sacrificed a lot over the course of the last eleven years. I feel like I have sacrificed relationships with my family, my friends. And those are the kind of things that for me, what I value the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, it became a, one of the reasons why I kind of went into permanent makeup. My daughter was in the shop one day and she was talking to my dad on the phone and he said, why y'all didn't come over last night? And Z said, Oh, mommy had to work late. And he was like, well, tell her to bring you now. And she was like, well, she's at work. Then I go home that night and she's like, daddy said, do you want to go to SeaWorld tomorrow, this weekend with us? And I said, I got to go to work. Literally, that conversation with her haunted me for about a month. All I heard in my sleep, at work, wherever I was at, I just heard, mommy's at work. Mommy got to go to work. Like I heard that and I realized that 
I was showing my daughter how to make a living but not build a life. Mm. I thought I could buy her whatever she want. But at the end of the day, all she wanted me to do was go to SeaWorld with her. Mm. Like, that was it. And I couldn't even do that. And it was another thing she said was, like, you really love your clients. And that hit me hard. Mm. Because at that point, I realized my daughter thought that I love my clients more than I loved her. And that is not okay. Even like my mom, she'll come by the shop and she'll say, I had, I had to come by here to see you because I ain't seen you in two weeks. Mm. My brothers, my clients, they, my brothers are a fixture in the shop because they come there to see me. And so over the, over the last 11 years, I have sacrificed relationships, friendships. I don't have friends. Like I tell people all the time and they think I'm joking because you know a lot of people. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't really have friends. Like I don't have I maybe have one person I don't consider her my friend. It's my family that I can call when I'm really going through something and I need to talk about what I'm going through because my friends at the time, they got tired of me saying, no, I can't go because I got to go to work. No, guys dating. Oh, that's been a disaster. No, because I'm at work. I have sacrificed that, you know, for so long. And so at this point in my life, I feel like I had to really learn balance. And that is my word for the year is balance. Like I, I want balance in my life across everything. The money is just not worth it. It's not enough. Can I pour something into you? Mm-hmm. So what I learned how to do is take myself out of the seat. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in the seat in order for the business to, to mm-hmm. go and to move, you know? So I don't actually have to be in the office. I don't have to file the taxes. I don't have to show up. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be there. I'm able to have that time to be around and travel and do what I need to do because I learned how to get out of the seat. Mm-hmm. That is the next step for you. Once you figure that out, that's when a whole new type of life that is, is opened up and unlocked. I'm, but that's going to come with a lot of trust. Yeah. Because you that have to. That has been my problem, honestly. Yeah. You, like, and that and that's everybody's problem. problem. That has been my problem. Like, you know, I had like one person that was really working for me that I felt like, you know, I could trust them with everything. Like I can say, go to my house, look in the top drawer, pull it back, lift it up. Like, Mm -hmm. and that has always been like, cause this is my baby. Mm -hmm. And it's like handing it over to somebody is very, very risky and very scary. Only way. It is so scary. Don't mess around. Like you handed the wrong person. And then you, you, Poured into them, built them up, got them to the mechanism I've of the business. I've done that. And hey, then they. And you take hey, it. Hey, guess, <laughs> you hey, take hey, it. Guess what happened? It happened to me. And that person oh. is running around the city right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was a person that I called family, you know? And I, they even lived with me, you mm. know, rent free, you know? You know, I, I did everything for this person. I literally raised this person to an extent. You know, I gave him my energy. I gave him my insight. Mm. I gave him my swag. Mm. You know, I gave him my connects. I made him important Mm -hmm. to people so that when I was not around, he could still leverage that. Yeah. And he did leave. But Mm. guess what? That's all a part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It comes with it. Yeah. You know, and you just got to be prepared to deal with that. It's been a struggle for me. That's just how it is. Yeah. But that's the next step, getting out of the seat. And that's another thing that I also teach my people, right? When they come and they take my course and they they come into my business, I teach them how to get out of the seat. The the point is not for you to have to be in your office Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Now, your first season, I want you to be in there every day Mm -hmm. because I want you to understand the minute details of the daily activity that it takes to be successful so much so that you can micromanage someone from a distance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be able to walk in your office in the middle of the day, look around and tell by how the office looks. Y'all ain't been working. So. Mm-hmm. 
It's three o'clock. Yeah. If you did what you're supposed to do at one or two o'clock, you'd be tired right now. Yeah. You got a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you have to do it to know that. Yeah. Right? But after you've done that, it is your top priority to get somebody else in that mm -hmm. seat so that you can take a step back mm -hmm. and you actually can play a bigger role. So now I can go around and think about creative ways to market. You know, I can go and build strategic relationships. Mm -hmm. I can go into different markets and try to establish the business. You know, I can grow this footprint. But if I was in the seat, I couldn't do that. Can't do it. Don't have the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's, You're that's right. where you got to go. Yeah. That's where you got to go, baby. You're right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the, you kind of walked into that, but like the failures, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like what are your, the, some of the biggest failures you've learned in your business? I'll start off with you, Jay. Jermaine. Jones. I call him uh, Jones, personally. Yeah, everybody calls me Jones. Yeah. Or Jay. I'm going to call you Jermaine. Um, I know Jermaine. Wait, wait. <laughs> you stop. Are we allowed to cuss on the show? You can curse. You can curse. I know you better, Jermaine. You better stop cussing at me like that. I know that. Jermaine. You better stop cussing like that. Okay? First of all. <laughs> Go ahead, Jones. She took all, she took all, took all the swag out of it. He still got Whoa. swag, y'all. He still got took swag. All the swag. All right, Jermaine. Jermaine. He, is, he got swag, brother. He's Jermaine. Mama brother. call he me Jones sometimes. Come on now. But no, no, um, failures, and, and, yeah. I don't want to be that guy, but I don't believe in failures. Man. I'm I'm with him on that. I don't. Okay. I'm with him on that. Because they're all opportunities yeah. to, learn. to grow. Yeah. All it is, is God showing you that's the thing you got to fix. Yeah. yeah. You didn't fail. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, no. Now you can see it. I just needed to bring it to your attention. Yeah. I had to make it visible for you. Yeah. I had to make it tangible for you. I had to get it in your way because you kept going around it. Yeah. And yeah. I know that if you're going to end up over there where you need to mm -hmm. be, this right here is going to cause a problem mm -hmm. for you. So mm -hmm. I want you to figure it out now yeah. before it's too late. Or before it becomes bigger than it needs to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what failures are. So I actually, and people that know me know this, I get excited in chaos. Mm -hmm. I get excited. And my friends don't understand how I'm able to thrive in chaos the way that I do. It's only because of my perspective. It hurt me just as much as it hurt y'all. Yeah. It tires me just as much yeah. as it tires y'all. Yeah. I deal with all the emotional distress, but yeah. because of my perspective, I carry the load with a smile yep. because I know what's coming on the mm -hmm. other side of this once I figure this out. Yeah. This is my breakthrough. So I actually look for that. Yeah. And I embrace that. Yeah. So no, no failures to me, just opportunities to grow. Yeah. So, I agree with him. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can I tell you about some of the stuff 100%. I struggle with if, if we want to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell you, you know, um, not vetting people mm. going too much off of a feel or an emotion or an organic thing. You're not letting my brain get a, get a chance to, to say what it need to say or have a, have a seat at the table. You know, it's, that was a big thing for me. It's, um, and that's actually a harsh lesson is learning to take the emotion out of your business. I remember growing up. So my mom, she, uh, had a restaurant. I was I would say I had 20 years of like restaurant business mm -hmm. in my system. I was a server for five. Well, I'm saying my mom owned restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. like she, and to the point where I remember sidebar, like I, um, I'd be, you know, a young kid and, you know, doing the, the orders and talking, you know what I mean? I was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I knew she, she made me learn every little thing about running a restaurant. So where right. I can walk into a restaurant 
literally to, even to this day, and I can tell if it's a money maker or if it's like it's struggling. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about this based off of like how many people are in it. I just can see ways how it's, it's running. How it's running. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well this is, this restaurant's not going to last, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. more than a year. Or I'm like, oh, this restaurant's going to be here for X amount of years. So anyway, um, but eat to kill me. My mom, I used to feel like, man, mom, like, I didn't say this to her, but in my mind, I'd be like, man, mom, you a B-I-T-C-A. Like, you, just be, you were like, you just so mean. But, right. you know, it was like she, and learn from my grandfather, you have to take the emotion out of the business, yeah. and you have to talk to these people like, you know, like they are actually employees, or you have to talk to them what they are, you know, because at the end of the day, people will manipulate, take your emotions, and they will manipulate you into making bad business decisions, mm. you know, and because you want to do the right thing or you're trying to do based off a of feeling or something like that. And it's like, no, I can't, I can't have you manipulating me and, you know, creating a, a chaos in my business because I want to do right by you, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, that's something that I, I saw firsthand and you have to, you learn that as a business owner and you have to learn to be that boss. Is like, I'm just looking at, the black and white. I'm looking at the bottom line. I'm looking mm-hmm. at how this is like, you may not like this information. Mm-hmm. You may not like how it's, but I'm, but you have to know, first of all, you have to know that I am not a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if I'm a bad person, you would, you, you should receive the way you are. But if you are a, if you know my heart, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'm not, this is not coming from a place where I'm trying to, you know, yeah. tear right. you down. I'm trying to build, I'm not I'm trying to build up my, continue to build right. my business, but I'm trying to build you up. I, I love you as a person. We just can't work together. Yeah. We can't work together. But you know what's interesting, uh, Jay, like, um, I'm going to tell a little bit about your business as your lawyer. Go ahead, go ahead. So um, one of the things, and this is what failure is an important thing. Um, there was an employment issue mm-hmm. and, you know, this person came, tried to come in and sue you. And, you know, you came to me and then I said to, said to you, I was like, well, you know, you need X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 in your employment agreement. I don't, I don't have an employment agreement. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's the reason, you know, and then it was like, you know, and then it's like, you needed to learn within, then it was like, okay, you have an employment agreement, uh, but you need this in your employment agreement. And you, it's like, you, you had to go through the fires of people coming yeah. at you until you learned like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to need this system in place because I don't want to get taken advantage of because guess what? Right now you have hundreds of employees. The goal is for you to have ten thousand employees. That's right. right. And so speak it. So you right. you operating the way you talked about point going in a certain direction, it was not gonna sustain, it's not gonna work yep. if you were uh, and and God allowed this person yep. to come at you even when you had hundreds of employees, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I see why I, I see why I fucked up a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? I see why this is mm-hmm. important. It's important, I, you know. And it's almost like, well, thank you, yeah. thank you for mm-hmm. for coming at me right early on. See, in that the was process. that lesson right. he was talking about. Right. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. He's strong. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it sucked. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? But oh, thank you. Now I needed that lesson. I needed that because guess what? I'm not. You don't do that again. I'm not doing that. We're not doing <laughs> that again. Right. Every everybody walking the door that works for Safe Tax, yep. signing this employment, you yep. know, engagement le, le, le letter and, and getting an employment handbook and all this other stuff. So yeah, I, I agree with you. You have to learn to take the hard situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, I call them like you know you have to learn to take the the swords and make them make it a weapon for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're gonna you know they're gonna cut. Yeah. They're gonna cut, and it's, they expect you not to get cut. Right. In this situation, you know what I mean, it's not, it, it just, it's ignorant. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's being a little bit, like, naive. That's the best word I could say, mm-hmm. naive. Um, you talked about, like, uh, relationships. 
how's that work? Like, you know, with y'all. Jermaine. Well, Jones. Jones. <laughs> Jermaine. You know what? Every time I say Jermaine, uh, I think of like. You uh, he look at me every time I say <laughs> She doing that on purpose. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> yeah, she know me for real. Okay. She, she Dropping does, that. She does know you for real. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> but every time you say Jermaine, I think of right. Jermaine, like you know, uh, Jermaine Cole, Cole, you know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, my relationship problems come from me, really. You know, not from not from the working. No, man. I, I will say this though: around the tax season, like when it's getting ready to start, mm-hmm. I notice that during that season, I usually have a little tension in in my relationships. Because so much of my time and energy is focused on that as opposed to that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like, it'll strain it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make, make make my, whoever I'm involved with, feel like an afterthought at times. You know what I'm saying? But that's just for a period of time with the year. But most of my relationship problems come from me. Mm-hmm. I'm the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got issues that Total I need to fix. Podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But um, the business, because of the type of business that I chose. Yeah. And the way that I manage it, I have the time. Yeah. You know? So it's not burdensome. Yeah. It's not cumbersome. It's not in the way at all. I got the time to be there and to go on the dates and go on the trips and do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being a little selfish right now. Yeah. And that's probably, you know. It takes those selfishness mm-hmm. in order. Yeah. I mean. You do? Listen, you- I. I'm gonna let y'all. In, I'm gonna let you answer, okay and then to I'm gonna talk selfish. about my own selfishness. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, a disaster. It's disaster. <laughs> One word: disaster. Disaster. Yeah, like it, it was. It was. It was kind of. It, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It was. It was really bad for a while. Like I, I was saying earlier, like I literally could look at pictures of my clients in the chair, like old pictures, and whoever I was dating at the time. They were sitting back there or they were sitting over there because that's where I was and that's where they mm-hmm. had to come to see me. And so if you're, I mean, it was already a stressor. That was, that was an issue. I was working all these hours. Now I don't, my schedule is not as bad anymore. Like my weekends are free. So I have more time, but it is, it, it gets to be a bit much um, at times, especially if you're dating someone who, who doesn't have like an entrepreneurial mind? Like mm, they don't understand. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't get why you have to put mm. in all of that time. They work. They nine to five. They go home and they're done with it. And they don't understand why you in the bed and you working on something every night. Like mm. very rarely am I just sitting doing nothing. I'm always have my laptop out. I'm always have my iPad out. I'm always be doing something. But I've been trying to learn balance this year so I can get that part of my life you together. Know what? And, and you just reminded me that is a big problem, right? When they have an employee mindset and you have an entrepreneur mm-hmm. real mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And every girl that I ever dated left a business owner. They mm-hmm. started off as an employee with somebody, but when I by the time we we're done, they owned the business. Mm-hmm. You had to. If you're gonna deal with me, you gotta be free. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you gotta be working toward being free. Yeah. So I, I literally would make every girl that I date start a Balls business. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. Mm-hmm. You got to start doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And that, matter of fact, some of them are my business partners mm-hmm. right now to this day. Yeah. you know, several several of them. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah, that was like a requirement for me because because that's a that's a big problem. Yeah, you know. And you have to think when it's a reverse role and it's the woman who's doing that and the man is not. It it almost bothers them. Mm-hmm. Like it it's does. like ain't she out here like really hustling? Ooh, she I really getting it? I couldn't it. imagine. Like, like, it makes them feel insecure. They're very insecure. Like I I have yeah. you know like one of my guy friends he'll tell me like such and such asked about you. Why he didn't ask me about me? Now mm-hmm. I can't talk to him because. 
I intimidated him. Yeah. That's ooh. Mm-mm. He just told on himself. Yeah, it's a whole <laughs> nother thing when it's the girl, especially when the girl is the breadwinner too. Yeah. Oh god. But see, the, honestly, we yeah. don't we don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, I know y'all don't. It's it bothers the I, man. I, I I get it, right? What the way that I think now, it wouldn't be a problem for me. I mm-hmm. would just be like, help me level up, baby. Exactly. Like, so for sure. Exactly. But, but before I get it, I get how that could be an issue. You'd be like a little pride, a little ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you know. Woo. Nobody know I got it. Be like, no, nah, it's okay. No, you might want to let me get this. You might yeah. want to let me. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, rep for my wife here because uh, she was the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. You know, starting off this business and starting a business, it's um, it was it's been a journey, and I've, I've discussed this openly on my podcast, so it's not a secret. So, um, you know, she was holding me down, and she always still she still holds me down. You know what I mean? She's it's still. Uh, uh, um, a great companion, but I will tell you, if I did not have a good helpmate, someone that was like cool enough to be like, "All right, it's, it's nine o'clock at night. Where are you at? Oh, I'm at right. the office." Like so some people might be tripping, like you can't be at the office at nine o'clock, ten o'clock at right. night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what you really doing? What you on right now? Right. But you know, um, someone who, although she does have a nine to five, you know, and this was like it makes her unique. She understands. You know the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah, it's the mindset. It's the mindset. Yeah. Like you know, what I mean, she may not have the business. Yeah. It's, it's her business too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but but like, you have to have somebody that like understands what's really what's really good because you're right. Like if you if you're dating somebody and they're not compatible in that sense of like, you can't always be working. You can't mm-hmm. always be you know yeah. on this. But she's seen the benefits of that by the vacations and mm-hmm. the, you know the, the gifts and all that other stuff and the lifestyle. She's seen that you know so it's not like I'm coming home at 9 o'clock exactly. and, and then she's That's how you gotta come home with you know yeah. gifts and the trips. Yeah, you gotta, you you're gonna be I mean? here all night. Yeah. I, I'm out but I'm, I got the bag with Yeah I'm bringing that bag when I come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I pull up I got the bag on me. It right. might be late but the bag gonna be right on time. Right on time. So you know facts right and so like you know, but it's important to have somebody that understands the journey. You know what I mean? Because it, not only understand the journey, but like if you understand the journey, then you understand a destination, mm-hmm. right? People can see the journey. They might be like, "I liked it. I like that road you're on, Jay. Mm-hmm. I like that road you're on, B." Mm-hmm. You know, but then you they get in the car, be like, "I don't. How long? Yeah. When are we gonna get yeah, there?" I look good, you but know, <laughs> yeah, like you know, what I'm saying, hit that. Like, are we there yet? Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And you can't have somebody with that. Are we there yet? Mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have somebody like, yo, I'm, we rolling. I'm riding with we you. Ride, we riding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just riding. Because that's what this is, man. This, yeah. this entrepreneurial life, you never know you how never it's going to It's up go. and down. Uh, is right. it? Yeah. Every day. Is it? I remember I had a season where I filed a record number of clients, but a record number of them did not get funded. And mm. man, I did not make no money. Mm. And I was like, yo, how am I going to make it through this year? Mm. This is rough. Wow. You know, now keep in mind, I. Rough for me is not rough for some other people, right? right? But for the way that I had been Rolex used to living, right? For the <laughs> I way couldn't get the I Lambo. Could. He couldn't get the Lambo. He couldn't, he couldn't get the red First one. All, you know, he already cussing. had the yellow one. Stop cussing at me. <laughs> Listen, Y'all stop cussing at me. If you follow Jay's hey, like, if you follow, follow him, if you follow his Instagram, you know we're not. I already ca- no, know. We are not making this, this up. This is no cap. This is real life here. Like. I'm, I promise you. You know what? I'm, I'm joking. I'm gonna. Say, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call you out on this. All right. Like Jay, like you would come to my office 
with the new whip, everything. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah. am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like, my client is coming up. Yeah. Like, he's coming up. Yeah. Like, every, like, this yeah. guy got a new car. Yeah, I'm about every. to spend all my money <laughs> to be like him. Yeah, like, I, and I'm more reserved. I'm more reserved. I've literally had about 10 cars in the last two years. Yeah. We know. Yeah. yeah. I know. yeah. <laughs> we know. Ten cars. I yeah. know. Every time you pull up, I'm like, this yeah. guy's pull up on me. Did you just buy your daughter a car, right? Did. Okay, I, I saw that last did. week, I think. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. For her I'm birthday. here for it. I'm here for yes. it. I am. Yes. I am. I'm here for yes. it. And thank God for her, Ben. She's so non materialistic and yeah. non superficial. Yeah. Like, I wanted to get her a Benz. I'm walking mm-hmm. by Benz, like, you want that? And you want like, that? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I want to get a regular car. See? How am I going to maintain that? I'm like, in my See, mind, that's I'm how like, I am. Do that make you feel like I'm not going to be here for yeah. you? Like, you yeah. know, but. She's you gonna be she's so, so grateful awesome. for she's that awesome. later but, on. But don't get it twisted. That Camry costs. Yeah, you hear me? Mm-hmm. That one that I got her. Yeah, I was gonna get her a Lexus, right? Yeah. Get her a Lexus truck, the F Sport, you know, with mm-hmm. big grill on the front and everything like that. That Camry costs more than that Lexus. Really? What? This the new I X- believe it. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. new XSE. Like yeah, that's the it. new thing. Like yeah. it's the you know the the top of the line yeah. one, mm-hmm. and it had the red guts in mm-hmm. it and yeah. all that. Brand new that Camry by sixty racks. Yep, I believe I can, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, what? I can see that Camry. That's just, yeah. that's the flagship car though. Ooh, yeah, you're the flagship car. I can, ooh, yeah. I can see that. You know I did what I mean? it. It made me feel good. I ain't gonna lie. It was a oof when I took out all that money. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so I said, it. do I want to finance somebody? <laughs> you know what? Because in, in your mind, you're like, I can't believe I'm putting all this money to a camera. Right. Like, like, right. right. Oh, God. But and, and you know you know what's crazy? It was God. Because I went to the lot because they had the Lexus that I wanted to get. And I'm walking over to the Lexus. And I passed by the Camry. And I'm like, well, what is it's that? Nice. It didn't even look like a Camry. Yeah. You got the body kit on it. It had yeah. the, the, the pearl paint. I'm like... Yo, this hard. I looked inside. I seen the red guts. I'm like, I don't even want that car no more. Yeah. I want to get this. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. figure out how to do this. Yeah. And you know what I did? I took it home. I showed it to her, and I took the keys and I rolled off. No, right. I'm driving around in that thing, windows down. <laughs> yeah, Not yeah. I, was right. I had to give it Riding back. in the camera. Yeah. What? See? what? That camera's so hard. Trying to tell Let me you. stop. Yeah, that thing where you were mobbing and that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Windows down. Yeah. Hair blowing everywhere. Yeah. Stop playing. Yeah. See, I'm a little more reserved. Like, my cousin, she's like, okay, when are you going to get a new car? And I was like, hmm. I was like, for what? I was, I was like, like you. Why? I was like, like you. I didn't. I, I don't drive much. And it's like, I go to work. I go home. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't drive far. And I'm like, I just like my money in a bank. Like, but I'm, rub, rub, rub my arm a little bit. Let me rub. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I think. I'm always preparing because I am single and I don't know how long I'm going to be single. Right. And so I think I am always preparing for, I, I will always bet on myself because I'm always make my money, but I'm just like always preparing for a rainy day. Like, you know, my, my daughter, her dad, he takes good care of her, but what if he decides he don't want to, what if, you know, something happened and you know, he's I mean, no longer there. Right. Like you, I have to be right. able to, like, do I do I go and because I was looking at the BMW X6 because that's what I really really want, and then I was like, well, let me look at the new Maxima, and the new Maxima was over fifty thousand dollars, and I was yeah. like, well, I might as well get the X6, right, you know, right, like right, let's right, make right. it make sense. Right. And then I was like, girl, like it's just not even that serious. The car's paid off, you know, that's just money, and I like to travel, so mm-hmm. you know, I try to think like that. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm gonna <laughs> now, I wouldn't recommend anybody do what I do. But no, I'm not gonna do I, what I, you I, do. Right, now. Right, right. But it's some secrets to it. You know, I've learned. Yeah. I've learned the car hacks. I've, the I've figured out the, the hacks, yeah. the ways, the tricks to get in the cars yeah. that you won't get out of them, and yeah. not take big L's. And then at the same time, too, like I'm, I'm so heavy on personal brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? More so than my business brand. Yeah. Because when your personal brand is right, every business you touch is going to turn you, to gold. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you that. Know? So all of those cars, that yeah. builds my personal yeah. brand. Because when yeah. people yeah. see you doing that. You're actually selling a you lifestyle. Get, you get, you're yes, selling you. that. Respect like, comes from it. It does. People believe what you say. Yeah, anything yeah. you say, they believe it. Like I agree, actually. And you actually put me onto something. Because it, it was like, um, I think you, it was a Lambo. Mm-hmm. And you yep. said, I said, damn, Jay, like, you were in my office. And they were like, so what you going to do with that? And you mm-hmm. said, uh. I'm renting that out. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, I'm not driving that. That's right. I'm, I'm making an mm-hmm. income <laughs> every week yeah. off that car, yeah. and I'm like, thousand dollars a day. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Because it was like, it really was a business for you, right? Yeah. You just weren't buying it just to be like, I got one. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to, for the pull up game but, at the club or whatever. Part, part of it was that. Yeah, I mean, for being sure. Honest. Yeah. I, was, I was being generous, but, but, but I had to make it make sense though, <laughs> right. and I made it make sense financially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the name of the game. Build that personal brand just as much as you build your business brand because they, although they can be synonymous, they also can be independent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And shoot, because what happens one day when they want to buy you out, buy you out, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you've not been working on your personal brand at all, right? Right. And you get the little check and you sell your business and now you're out of your business and now you're, it's like you're starting all starting over, over again. Starting over. People, you know? A lot of people do that, right? So yeah. they, yeah. because their, their business becomes synonymous with their, brand mm-hmm. and then you you take away the business and then they're looking who are you now who yeah. are you and then they're trying to figure out i need to get back into that right. business. Yeah. i'm not the tax guy no more what do we right. come to you for yeah yeah what who who no, are right. you you you're know right. what i'm saying because so, i'm out and they're like you the brow girl and i'd be like brandy mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on a right. minute yeah. i did that to you a couple yeah. months ago yeah. Yeah. i yeah. said and then you were like yeah. correct me real quick <laughs> mm-hmm. like, get- you the makeup girl I used to have a shirt and be like, "Yes, I'm the makeup girl." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but mm. that was the brand that I was I was building more mm-hmm. than my personal brand. And yes. whether you realize it or not, though, every instinctually or you know, you know, outwardly, like you are every day you're creating a brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every day, whatever you put out mm-hmm. into the world, yeah. Yeah. is a brand. Now yeah. you just have to figure out figure out how you want to curate that. Yes. What yes. message? I, I, I mean, honestly, I know this is not on topic, but what drives me crazy. And this is just, I'm just focused on men here. Mm-hmm. Um, when men be like, I don't care how I dress. I don't care how I look. Ooh. And then I'd be like. Women do that too. Leaving the house with the bonnets. I hate it. But You're I'm just, never going to catch me leaving the house looking any kind of way. So I can't talk I'm about women. I'm my brand. I can't talk about women. Yeah, y'all, y'all brand. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You don't jeopardize your brand for anybody. Yeah. And then so like real talk, like I promise you, when guys be like, they don't care how they look. Mm. And they be like, oh, I don't care what message. I'm like, yeah, you may not care what your message, but you're delivering mm-hmm, a message mm-hmm. every single time yeah. you walk out Whether that you're door. To or not. Whether you're trying to or not. Yeah. And then people are going to make assessments. It's, and that's just the reality of the world. Yep. It's not, I didn't come up with the rules. Kamara mm-hmm, Williams mm-hmm. did not right. create the rules. In this. I don't make the rules. Shout out yeah. Yoshi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't make the rules, yeah. but it's generally people create an image or an idea of who you are and mm-hmm. what you are and what you're about. And then what happens when somebody like me who leaves the house with a bag of opportunities every day mm-hmm. comes across you, you and you, you look ready. dusty. You ain't ready. Yeah. I'll put my bag like this. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's real because then somebody, they make an assessment like, I can't really trust you. Yeah. Like, you know, with my case, I can't trust you right. with anything because I don't like the way. So 
again, this goes on a superficial here, but I'm just going to say, like... It is what it is, how the world works, mm-hmm. brother. I, um... It was one time, it was, uh, I was out, and I was, I was, I was in my office, and I literally just came here to work, right? I didn't go, and so they wanted me to go meet them out at happy hour, right? And I said, no, I'm not really dressed for that. You know what I mean? I'm really just, I literally came here for like an hour, I ended up staying here for five hours. You know what I mean? How it is. Like, mm-hmm. I came here to do some work, and mm-hmm. I got right. stuck here. And they're like, bro, like, what are you talking about? It's, it's not that serious. No, it come, is. They come out for like a drink. I was like, no, right. like, it's You're not, not going to have you, me yeah. outside yeah, looking, looking any kind of way. Yeah, yeah no, like, not happening. It's not happening. Like, I, cause I don't know who I'm going to run into. Yeah. Like, I ain't, you know what I mean? I really came to the office looking rough because I was trying to, it was, I needed to come in real quick and then mm-hmm. leave. I was going back home, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, you know, they were, you know, our friends, but they were you calling know. me all sorts of names. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you act like so a, you don't, you, 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 you act like diva. a, they're calling me a diva. They were like, yeah. oh, you come like, you act like a woman. Like, well, you I'm, like, I'm a woman today. Then. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. What it you, is. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so, but it's reality. Like, yeah, we just took family pictures the other day. Um, I looked at the pictures. I don't care how much money I spent on them. I said, Nope, no, like not using yeah, them. Not, I, I you not, that's yeah, not yeah, going to represent shoot. me that well. Picture, you will not post that picture of me. <laughs> I, Do not tag me in that. And I, <laughs> delete it. I'm to the point, it. To the point where I told the photographer, and shout it out to her, you know, Naja. So I told her, I said, yeah, that's not going on your website. And for that, we're not going to be using these pictures. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, they're, they're fine. I was like, not, not in my eyes. Not in my I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. And, it's and, your and, brand. It, and so to the point where. I told my friend about it, and she was like, "Come on, send me the picture. I'm gonna see him." I was like, "These pictures will never see the light of day." I was like, "What did you tell?" I was like, "I know you're trying to talk me into sending you like this one picture." Well, let me see real quick. Let me no, see. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and it's like those pictures will they will stay yeah. in the lost files. I have that same. You know what situation. I mean? Because and it's like I don't like the way it make my kids look. I don't yeah. like the way my wife. I don't like the way yeah. me look. I was like, "Nope, I get it. They're not coming out." Yeah. You know, but because and like it or not, but there's a certain standard of brand like. If we're gonna do family pictures, they're gonna be a certain way. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm not. And I, I, I took ownership. I didn't blame mm-hmm. the photographer. Mm-hmm. I said I'm gonna take ownership of it yeah. because it didn't execute the way I wanted mm-hmm. it to. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way they look, and it sounds vain, but it's it is what it is. So I yeah. do believe. I know people are probably listening like, damn, you are a, you are a vain no, son that's, of a bitch. That is though. That's good information. Like people don't understand. Even girls that I train, I tell them all the time. I don't allow anyone to jeopardize my brand. That is my number one thing. I start mm-hmm. my training with that. You can't come work in my shop Yeah. if you're going to come in here. You can smoke all the weed you want to smoke, right? I don't right. care. Mm-hmm. But you can't go smoke it in your car and then come, come back, back in, here. in here. I have professional mm-hmm. clients that work mm-hmm. in my shop. Yeah. Okay. I can't have a judge come in here and it smell like weed in here. Yeah. Or you got weed breath. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you just, it's and not you breathing, okay. You breathing all over them. Yeah. Like, every time I talk. Oh, God. Yeah. You can go out and yeah. you can have a good time and party with your friends because I do it. Right. But I'm, you're not going to see nobody that work with me naked on social media yeah right. like you're gonna that's those are the clients that you're gonna get right. and we don't want those clients in here mm-hmm. that's not what we do in right. here we run a professional establishment in here mm-hmm. so when you come in you say you want to work here and i go to your social media and i see you half naked it don't work for me because now you're jeopardizing my brand mm-hmm. and i have built a good brand mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna mm-hmm. let nobody mess it up that's right nobody i, I pre- listen i respect I, it i check my people's social yeah. media you can't be flicking no birds you and can't yourself managing an office you check, cannot do that put yeah. the finger down yeah put your hand on 
away. Yeah. You know, try it again. <laughs> try it again. You cannot and do what it. You, and what, what would you make you want to do that? <laughs> Why you do that anyway? Like, who, who are you flipping on? Like, right. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what, what you, make you take your camera <laughs> hey, like, and post it? Yeah, like, what did you I don't understand. What are you doing? Right. I don't understand. Women do it too. Like, pull your shirt down. You know Ugh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Pull your shirt down. It's okay. Close, yeah. You know, close friends that. You, yeah. Know, yeah. you don't got to give that to the general public, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. I know a makeup artist oh. that she's like struggling for work. And I don't know how because people harassing me every day because I don't I no longer do makeup. And I'm like, how are you struggling? Because she's not a bad artist. But when we go to your social media and you look like you a dancer and not a makeup artist, uh. I can't even refer anybody to you. That's yes. And, 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 like <laughs> I knew what you were gonna go with this. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. gonna say your social media has to match your business mm-hmm. because if you if you are market like you said if I look at your social media and like and that's how generally people in our generation and in younger mm-hmm. look at if I look at your social media and I don't know what you're doing I don't know what you are then that's a problem right yeah. because I'm like oh I think they're yeah. a makeup artist right. but I'm not sure she might be a stripper by she night. might be like- stripper <laughs> like I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> But I don't know if I want to be involved in yeah, that. Yeah. You right. know? But go ahead, Jay. Yeah, no, that but that's exactly what I was gonna say. And that's a that's a big thing. Like right. you're, you're th- think of it like a, a visual resume. Mm-hmm. Your Instagram page. Yeah. It's a visual resume. Mm-hmm. I wanna see what you've done, mm-hmm. what you're doing, yeah, and what you're about to do. Yeah. And if I like it, then I follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're selling, then I buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's for me, that's my next phase. That's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't look at my page and tell I'm a tax guy. I have it in the bio. Mm-hmm. If you watch my stories enough, I'll drop jewels mm-hmm. on you. You yeah. know, and most of the people know me in the community. But now it's time to have my social media image align with what I'm doing out in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. So that now I can have an even greater impact. It's, because that's very important. The digital reach is, is mm-hmm. much Everybody. farther. Yep. Yeah. That's you know what important. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was working out of Jacksonville before COVID. And I had good clientele in Jacksonville. And I would ask these girls, let me, I could say this. So, because by law, I ain't supposed to work out of a hotel, right? But, um, (laughs) but, but you're not working out of a hotel. No, I'm not, because I don't work there anymore. So, whatever. But at the time, when I first started, I was working out of a hotel. I got a suite. Like, and I would ask the girls, like, after I did their brows, I would be like, you know, like, how did you find me? Like, why did you come to a random hotel to get a service done by a stranger? Mm -hmm. And every one of them gave me the same answer. All of them said something to the effect of, I looked at your social media. You looked normal. Mm -hmm. They were like, you have a daughter, you go to church, you have a dog, you do this, you go to like they they could tell my social media told a story. You're motivating, you're inspiring, you like to laugh, you like to have a good time. They could tell that. No, that, and because I'm my yeah, brand. No, that's real. And that's like when people come to me for like guardianship or state planning like that, it's like it aligns with what I, you know, promote put out into the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were like, okay, like you you're, you're you talk about family. You're always, it's like it's consistent. Mm-hmm. There's a consistency in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I I, I love that. So I'm gonna ask. Uh, I'm gonna pivot the conversation because I we talked about it pre- briefly, and I want to get your opinion on. It. And you know, Jermaine, you can Jermaine. Okay. You just called him you, Jermaine. You, you, you. I am rubbing off on him. Jermaine, I never My called bad, you Jermaine Jones. until this pod. You see what you did. I, I did listen. Come on, man. It's, My bad, it's Jones. Contagious. Continue. Continue. You know? Yeah. Um. You know, Jones, you could actually jump in on this one, but um, we talked about Rihanna. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when she got into the Fenty brand, and it's owned by what company? The um, and, uh, It's owned by... Uh, I won't lie. I really don't... Okay. 
I don't know. Okay. I don't really follow. Okay. So it's owned by, uh, I think it's Revlon. It's a big, big corporation, mm-hmm. right? And so it's come out like, okay, well, she owns, like first when people thought about Fanti, it was like, oh, she owns all of it, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, she owns a very, very, very small wow. percentage I didn't of, know that. of the the business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And she's actually just the face of it, Wow. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But she's not really the true. They done scammed all those black people. <laughs> but no, that's what I, that's what I want to talk, talk about. Like, so like the the facade of like, like black business, I think about someone like Hove, Jay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still use Title this day, but one of the reasons I got into Title because mm-hmm. I was like, I right, if I'm going to choose Apple or mm-hmm. you know Spotify, I'm going to choose a person that's black owned business because I want to support mm-hmm. that, right? And then it came to find out, like, all right, well, you know, everybody in Jay's management don't look like Jay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then he ended up years later selling it, but I still like Title because I'm I like the curated list, and that's neither here nor there. I have to Apple as well now, um, but. It's the idea of, you know, being a face of a business, and we've do we do this a lot in the black community, and just period like and being a face of something, but you don't really have true ownership of mm. it. You know what I mean? And it's like it's, I don't know. It's not dishonest. It's the, it's what it is. But they understand the value of putting a black. It's face. a little dishonest though. That's it's okay to say so, that so, it is. So talk about that. Um. I don't even know what to say. I just think that it is dishonest. Um, a lot of times we really want to support a black business and it's not right. like it's, it's really not at the end of the day. It, when you move up the ladder mm-hmm. is the white man up there. Right. And the money is theirs. It's always somebody at the top of the pyramid pyramid. So even when you talk about like multi-level marketing mm-hmm. or, or people that are, that are against multi-level marketing, they'll say, Oh no, um, that's a pyramid. No, no. The job you work on is a pyramid too. Right. Cause somebody at the top and it's not you and you ain't gonna never be at the top. Like right. when he was working at Sprint, Right. You know, he was never going to be the owner of Sprint. He never going to be CEO of Sprint. Yeah, he was never going to be. But it is kind of like scammy a little bit. And I right. think that's why right now, black people, we are really big on supporting other black businesses. And I see a lot of times people are like, is it black owned? Right. Not just is it a black business. Is it, is it, black, is it black, black owned? owned? I, me personally, as long as there's a minority that's a beneficiary or a primary beneficiary of the business, it's cool. And only because I understand that in the process of building a big business, that it's not going to stay a black business. Yeah. It can't. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a mind that you're looking for. It's not a color. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't care what color the skin is. I need this boy who know how to do a uh, create a sales funnel to do this and build a CRM and right. teach us how to use it and maintain it and manage it. Right. If he's black, cool. If he's not, he's not. I just need the best person for my company. Gotcha. And as you're starting to build and compartmentalize the, the tasks or the responsibilities and, and roles in your in your company, you're gonna find that you the the mind doesn't always come with the color that you're looking for. Yeah. So a black business can't even stay a black business. Yeah. You know, but if there's black people benefiting from it, then I'm I'm cool with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my perspective on it. And then at the same time but sometimes too sometimes they use our faces. Well because our black people can be a little Ignorant sometimes. I mean, I mean that, and, and that. And I know that's, that's okay. business. That, that that's okay, right? Because you know the players in the NBA, they don't own the team, and not at all, right? right. Their faces and their mm-hmm. likeness is being used, you mm-hmm. know, and they're not the primary beneficiaries, mm-hmm. but they are multimillionaires, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And sometimes that's the route that you have to go in order to get where you need to get. Correct. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's worth it to be like that. And at the same time, too, depending on how fast you want to go. 
you need a machine. That may be a good. You right. need a machine. Right. And mm-hmm. if the machine is owned by a white man, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The product can be a black product, but we still need the machine. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like with Rihanna's situation, right? Mm-hmm. How long would it have taken her to oh, I know. create and develop? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about from the chemistry mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. making the the Correct. makeup and the products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't make my stuff to, in my uh, kitchen. To, to the, to <laughs> I have a manufacturer, and the, I know it's probably a white person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. the you manufacturing know? and distribution. She might not have ever, you know, and she wants to do it while she's hot mm-hmm. in her youth, in mm-hmm. her prime right now. Strike right. while it hot. No, it makes hot. perfect sense. Right? So, sorry, I... I I need them. To I need this. to go to Revlon. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you might not have a Fenty right, right. now. Right. Had it not been for them. Yeah. Right. So sometimes that is absolutely necessary. Yeah. With her influence, you know? it definitely is a, is a plus, though. Right. You know, because she can kind of influence, you know, what they do and the marketing of it. Mm-hmm. They did right. that. And maybe she reverse engineers it one day and ends up owning the machine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not Revlon, but her own machine. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it had to come out. It had to come this way. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was thinking as you were you're speaking, um, I was thinking about you saying you have sometimes you have, you have to be the face of a machine. You talk about NBA players. I was thinking about Le- LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And LeBron, his wealth has grown not because of basketball; it, it's his influence in basketball, mm-hmm. right? But I, last, uh, I think it was last week or whenever recently, it was just announced that he just um, him and his business partner Maverick Carter, mm-hmm. um, they sold an interest or an equity in their company, still oh, yeah. having controlling interest. Yeah. And it, it ended up being $725 million. Mm-hmm. And, but listen, like he, one of the things I, I do love about LeBron is that, um, he's taken his friends, his partners, and this is why I call him a goat, you know, and he's not only created millionaires, but he's created moguls, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you look at like, um, his his uh I guess his agent, uh, you know what I'm Rich saying Paul. Rich Paul, mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's he grew up with Rich Paul, mm-hmm. you know. But when he found Rich Paul, or he when Rich Paul found throwback jerseys, he's selling throwback right. jerseys, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And Rich Paul was a little older than him, but you know mm-hmm. they bonded, and then they came came out and came back, and um you know he's like when he was still young in his career, he fired his his white agent, mm-hmm. and he made Rich Paul his agent, and everybody's like, oh you crazy like Rich Paul, but he was like no like I'm gonna put my man's on. Right. You know what I mean? And Rich Paul has grown yes. to the point where he has his own, his own agency and he has his own players. Yes, LeBron's still his top client. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Rich Paul ha- is now a mogul yeah, clutch. with Clutch Sports. Is now a mogul within, is, and a, not only just a, a mogul, but he's the agent within the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And you look at Maverick Carter, like, for them to sell in their very infancy, they started this company in 2018. Mm-hmm. In 2021, they sold equity for $725 million, mm-hmm. right? That's incredible. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. But I remember when he went to the Lakers initially, and people were like, oh, you're going to Lakers, and then you're you, – and then LeBron said, I want to start a production company. And then there was a lot of, like, conversation about yeah, how – He's going to Hollywood. going to Hollywood. Going and going to play ball. And, and, you know, he ain't really – but, you know, the thing – the beauty about it is that LeBron saw the bigger picture, and he was like, I'm not always going to be playing basketball, but I have to create a – a life that far exceeds just not apparel, mm-hmm. like me selling shoes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got to create a life that goes outside of my basketball, you know, life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now the great thing, Michael Jordan did it, but how many other people after Michael Jordan have done it? Right. How many people before Michael Jordan have done that? So like you're betting on yourself replicating a once, you know, right. 
in literally Michael Jordan once in a generation mm-hmm. type of effort, type of life, type of business model. Yeah, you know, and Jordan been retired for like twenty years. We still wearing J's, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like we'll never stop, and we'll never <laughs> stop. But that's not normal, right? You know, are we going to be wearing LeBrons in twenty? I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You know, but what LeBron does now is like, okay, well, you may not be wearing my shoes mm-hmm. in twenty years, mm-hmm. but she's still going to be, you know. You might be watching my movies. Watching right. my movie. Drinking my wine. Drinking right. my wine. You, know, you, you might on. drinking my water. Like, you don't know yeah. what. But he recognizes his his life has to be outside of what I've come to know him as. Or mm-hmm. we've come to know him, know him as, right? And I think that's the, the beauty of it, man. And so, um, I know it's a little detractor, but I'm going <laughs> to. So, we, we've been going on this podcast. I'm gonna, I want you all to, um, you know, we're going to conclude. But I want you guys to each give me, like. I guess some game or something to the people listening, like about entrepreneurship or something that you just want to pass off, you know, or just with anything or just hustling, like whatever. I'll go first because you kind of long winded. Oh, no. she just she just dissed you, <laughs> no, Jermaine. No. <laughs> she has been. She has been I got both it out. Of y'all I got now, it out both of y'all now, but I got it out for undercutting. Him. No, <laughs> no, no. Mine is super super simple. Um, for me, it has been just being very consistent. That is the main thing. I have always been consistent in um, my my branding, who I am as a person, what I desire, um, and, and the work that I that I give out. You know, um, customer service is number one. Mm-hmm. I, I rave on having thousands of five-star reviews. I know how to treat people. I know how to talk to people. So I'm very consistent in, in those two things. Yeah. yeah. It's always about being personable and being. Oh, yeah. And in making sure that. Um, your person, your personal ability or personal, um, being personal matches up with your, you know, business, um, output, mm-hmm. right. Cause you can be totally. very personable and then be like, well, they shitty. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like you got to meet that, you got to match that standard. Yeah. I have clients that come in and they literally come in just to yeah. see me and yeah. they're like, why are you here? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've made, I've made them very comfortable with me and that has always been my selling point. Yeah. Like I'm very much a people person. I've been consistent and faithful. Stay the course. So stay stay the course. Be consistent. Yes. All right. Um. Hmm. Give a couple quick things. No, do do it. One principle or proverb that I stand on is if you can't be used, then you're useless. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I post a lot on social media. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there should be nobody in your life on accident. Mm-hmm. Everybody should be purposefully placed in a position to where their value rubs off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, don't let anybody make you a convenience, mm-hmm. you know. So everybody has to have a specific purpose. And if I cannot use you for the greater good of something, then I don't have a place for you. Yeah. Period. You know, um, next thing, success lies in the secret to success lies in your daily routine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so a good portion of your life should be focused on perfecting your daily routine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um Consistency. You just talk about it consistency. Is, yeah. 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 And then uh, the last thing, which is I think what defines me, is I just never give up. Yeah. That's it. I'm a scatterbrain. Yeah. I'm not good at multitasking. Mm-hmm. I am a severe procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I can be lazy, mm-hmm. lethargically lazy yeah. at times. Yeah. You know, but somehow I made it here. And yeah. you know how? Just, just never stop. Yeah. Just never stop. At Murphy's Law says everything that can happen will happen. Yeah. Right? And it's happened. Mm-hmm. This this life has given me every reason to quit. Yeah. And I just never did. And that's the only thing that separates me from other people. Yeah. Nothing else. 
That's it. That's all I got to say. That's it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay that by saying you know talking about your, your um being consistent and not giving up routine, but all that requires having a sense of ambition, right? And you got to have a, an ambition. You got to have a hustler's ambition, right? Because a lot of people have ambition, but they don't like see it through, right? They'd be like, all right, I really want to do this. You know what I mean? I really want to do this. But then it's like, yeah, they said it's on Monday and you asked them on Wednesday. Did, well, what, what you going to do about that? Or what did you do? Oh, yeah. What did you do? Well, I was so tired when I got uh, yeah, home from work. Yeah. What? You know? And so like, it's great to have ideas. It's great to have ideals. It's great to have all these things, but you got to have that ambition and, and then a hustle's ambition to, you know, take. And I would say it, it, the, the idea, and we have this in our office, it's, it's progress, not perfection. You know what I mean? Like I started off the podcast the first episode I listened to it now is rough. You know what I mean? And I probably, listen, you know, when I get to like 200 episodes, I might listen to this episode like, damn, that's rough. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, cause you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know how like it, it, the things flow. So you, but you gotta be ambitious to be like, you know, I told myself, you know, personal story. I said, listen, for this podcast, I heard a story. Somebody said, um, when they're talking about, Oh, you want to get in podcast? That's cool. Can you do a hundred episodes with nobody listening, nobody watching? Mm. You know, can you do that? Can you can you put in hours upon hours of editing just one episode, and then post post it, and you got like five people listening to your mm. to your thing? And I had to like learn that when I heard that, I I had to change my mindset. So when people ask me like, what are your numbers, and especially early on, like I don't know. I don't. I can't focus yeah. on the numbers. I only can focus on the work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because make the best product yeah. I can make. Make the best product I can make. You know what I mean? It's like you know the field of dreams. If I build it, they will come. Like and so I was. I and I still am on every. I'm obsessive mm-hmm. about my podcast where I'll listen to something, and I will you know critique it. I'm my own worst critic. There's nothing anybody ever can say about my podcast that I haven't already found. It. I haven't <laughs> found it or I haven't thought about. It. You know what I mean? And I've been like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that. I gotta do because I'm, I've never, I, to my point, I have never had hit a perfect podcast, mm-hmm. and I probably never will, right. you know, because like the things I thought were great yep. three, four, five months ago, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, that's not that, that's not that great, right. you know what I mean? So it's obviously, con- but it's an ambition to always, I know, put in my mind like hit the perfect mm-hmm. podcast. Like, what is the perfect podcast? You'll never get there. Y'all never get there, <laughs> and that's okay for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to be able. To like have an ambition to like I see something I'm going Fire after it. it and I'm gonna do it and that's in business or whatever like right now this podcast is just a it's a um it's a passion project you know what I mean and that's another thing I learned like you cannot it has to be more about the, less about the money and more about your passion mm-hmm. because you do something for the money mm-hmm. you know what I mean like initially you're gonna get dissuaded when you ain't mm-hmm. making the money because mm-hmm. you're gonna be like mm-hmm. oh you know, like, it ain't no money in this. Why am I wasting my time? They're like, you ain't really doing it just to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just like in like so in business and podcasts, you can, like, put out a product that you think is great. And, like, say, in the law office, ain't nobody calling the phone. You know what I mean? Ain't nobody for this podcast, ain't nobody listening. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that. You, have, you can tell your friends and family, yo, I got this <laughs> great podcast. Yo, you should listen to it. And you feel like, mm-hmm. I, they always got, t- the thing about you learn about friends, they always got something else to do than support mm-hmm. you. I'll say that again. They always got something else to do. Than support you. Than yeah. support you. Yeah. And you have to like not take that up personal and you have to be okay with that. You have to live in that. Yep. 
You have totally. to live in that space. Yeah. Totally. Strangers are going to make you rich. Strangers That's will it. make you rich. Strangers yeah. will make you popular. Strangers will yeah. make you cool. Never start a business thinking your friends and family go support it. Never. Never. That's not what happens. Yeah. And I guess what, if I didn't have a law firm and I started that, I probably would not have known that in a pocket. Like, I probably wouldn't have been able to accept that. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You are not the first call. You are not the first. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you will. And I always say, I always, I joke, and I keep going back to, like, when somebody, when a friend of mine or family is going to listen to my podcast, that's when I know I've blown up because, because yeah. <laughs> now they're, they're catching on to somebody else saying, oh, I, I, no, I heard somebody else talking about it. And that's when you know, because they always want to catch, they'll always catch on mm-hmm. later on. And that's okay. They're jumping on the wave. They're jumping on yeah. the wave. And that's okay. But that means you created your own wave. Right. You know what I mean? But you, before you do all that, you got to have an ambition. You got to, you got to be able to say, I'm going to do this by myself and I'm not worried about anybody else. And it's called a hustler's ambition. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast um, on culture bias. If y'all enjoyed it, please share with your friends, uh, you know, share it on Spotify, Apple text message, blah, 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 squaze. And uh, I appreciate the guests. And with that being said, we going right out. Like the fire needs the air. Yeah. I will burn unless you're there. You're there. I need you to hate so I can use you for your energy. You know? I won't burn unless you're there. Shit, Feel this. America got a thing for this gangster shit. They love me. Black chuckers, black scully, leather pele pele. I take spin over rainbow shit. I'm a fan dude, got that silver duct tape on my tray handle. The women in my life bring confusion to shit. So like Nino and New Jack, I'll cancel that bitch. Look at me. This is the life I chose. Niggas around me so cold. Man, my heart gun froze. I build an empire on the load. And ox don't know I'm the weatherman. I take that cocoa leaf and make that snow. Sit back, watch it turn the door. Watch it go out the door. O after O, you know. Homie, I'm just triple beam dreaming. Niggas be scheming. I finna live the good life. The fiends are just feeding. Conceal my weapon nice and neat so you can't see. The penitentiary is definitely out the question for me. I want to find a thing in my life. So I hustle